You're listening to Partnernomics Podcast, where we discuss the art and science of developing successful strategic partnerships. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics solutions, visit Partnernomics.com. Well, today we are joined by Chase Kaufman. Uh, Chase, you may know him, local man, at least local to Kansas City. Uh, Chase spent some time at Ray Peck as um, a football standout. Then he went to Mizzou, spent a few years there, and uh, then went on to the NFL for um, a solid career there. It's fun to to watch him there as well. But uh, today we want to talk to Chase about relationships. So our podcast, Partneronomics Podcast, is all about uh, forming and building these relationships and nurturing those relationships. And uh, I thought it'd be fun to bring my buddy Chase in here to chat a little bit about relationships and what that's meant for his career so far. And then now for the next chapter that uh, that he's embarking upon. Chase, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining us. Mark, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, and, and like we talk about, hopefully this is, is life-changing for somebody. And um, I know that that we spoke about the relationships in our lives and just how important they are. Yeah. So Chase, talk to us a little bit about, I'm, I'm just fascinated every time we have coffee, every time we chat or you go, you went through one of our negotiating courses. It's always so fun to, to learn about your career. You know, I only know a handful of former professional athletes. And it's always fascinating to me as kind of a sports fanatic, but uh, I'd like to just kind of start there a little bit. And so we could learn a little bit about who Chase is and what's built you into the man that you are today. But, but I got to ask, what was, let's go back to the college days, right? So you uh, decided to go to Mizzou, right? Get a scholarship in there. And uh, what was it, what was it like your time at Mizzou on the football field, you guys had an awesome team. What was that experience like coming from Ray Peck? Um, I mean, it was as a, as a as a kid for me. Um, my dad played in the NFL, and so that was kind of always just a dream. And uh, had some success, enough success in high school, like you said, to get a Division One scholarship to Mizzou. And you know, you you go in with kind of the expectation of, you know, you obviously are going to work hard and, and try to continue that success. And you really don't, you don't know what you don't know. So, I mean, you listen to your coaches, you listen to the older guys around you on the team, and you listen to the guys that have kind of come into that leadership position or, or even just, just the best players on the team, because, they automatically, um, regardless of if they are good leaders or not, are going to be leading the team just because of their athletic ability or the the opportunity for them to kind of be seen as that star player on the team. And so kind of un, unknowingly, um, and, and of course through tons of, tons of prayer, a lot of pros and cons lists, pick Mizzou, but unknowingly was surrounded by the coaching staff um, a training staff, equipment staff, a strength staff, an athletic department, and, and of course the other players that that really bought into the the process, that really did the right things, and and I mean we of course had something special there. Yeah, what was how how was it dealing with the pressure and the expectations and such? I would, can only imagine such a massive change, right? You going from 
uh, you're just the, the high school life of, yeah. of a student. And then you're going to this big division one school, a, a powerhouse team right at the time. And there was a lot of expectations yeah. playing in front of massive crowds. I don't think you've ever, you know, played in front of that many people. How did you yeah. deal with the change? Um, well, you know, you say, you say a powerhouse team, but a lot of people forget. So my, my freshman year was 2005 and we went six and six, um, during the regular season and, and ended up winning one more in our bowl game. But Gary Pinkle and that whole coaching staff was basically on the hot seat and, and about to be fired that year. And not that we, that it wasn't a big jump from a high school crowd to a college crowd, but um, I mean, heck, I, I would I would still get nervous. I, before every game, people always still joke um, that were on my team or coaches or whoever, like, oh yeah, Chase would always be sleeping in his locker before the game, and and I you know prepared. If if anybody out there has played sports, you know you prepare the week up to the game um, or whatever that time period is up to your game, and then before the game, you know you're for me at least there's there's you know those butterflies that that intensity that, you know, all right, like, here we go. Like you, you have to get those couple, those first couple plays. And, and then you really know, like, all right, this is just, it's still the same game that I know. It's still the same game that I've practiced. It's still, you know, everything that I, that I thought it would be. Um, and kind of the intensity of the other team as well. And so um, for me, like I said, I would, I would just put a towel over my head and kind of sit in my, sit in my locker uh, eyes closed, just trying, just praying, and then visualizing some of the plays, some of the things that that I that I thought were going to be happening throughout that game, um, just to just to keep my nerves down. Um, just putting the visions in there, right? Yeah, and, and and once you get out there, you you know you really don't notice the fans that much. It's something where, as an athlete, um, just as with anything, I mean, you, you're focus laser focus on the things that that you can control right on the things that you've practiced and once you let like anything from the outside start coming in that's when you really um get off of your game and and of course there's some people that are driven by that motivated by that and excel in in using that platform and, and actually using it to get inside others heads but um, i think for the majority and me for sure it's you know hey focus focus on what you you are doing and kind of block the rest out chase as you think about your time at mizzou what uh as far as like you know athletic success or kind of the coolest moments yeah. your time uh, on the football squad what what is that for you um yeah that's a good question and and to sum it up i think the the coolest sports environment that i've ever been a part of was in 2007, um, a game rivalry game against Kansas at Arrowhead Stadium, and uh, it was it was a night game. We were number they were number two. We were number four in the country, and the team both of the teams ahead of number one and number three had lost earlier that day, and everybody kind of knew the implications. And being the last regular season game of the year, um, I mean it was. Gosh, I, it, it gives me goosebumps right now just <laughs> thinking about it. But, I remember watching it on TV, man. You know, it, was, it was pretty neat. 
Yeah, it was, uh, it was it was a really, really cool time. It was really neat to see, you know, the Kansas, Missouri come together, both solid schools, solid yeah. programs, and frankly, we weren't used to seeing that on the football side, right? It was always yeah. basketball before that. Yeah, and and the fact that it was, I mean, it was already a pre-scheduled at Arrowhead, kind of right in the middle, um, and an NFL stadium, you know, it brings a little bit more of like, okay, like this is, this is where we all want to play on Sundays, right? Um, and we got that chance in one of the biggest games of the year. Yeah, man, what an awesome, awesome experience. Yeah. So Chase, uh, you wrap up your career at Mizzou mm-hmm. and you're going into, want to get into the NFL. And uh, talk to us about that process, right? I mean, how, how do you work with an agent? What, what is the whole process of, okay, now I'm going mm-hmm. from, Chase the college student. I'm going to grab my degree, and then yeah. next, I want to I want to do this NFL thing so I can so I can work on Sundays. What what is that process like? Yeah, so it's a it's kind of crazy, and again, you kind of don't know what you don't know. And luckily for me, my dad played in the NFL, um, and so I had a little bit of guidance in in that area, which was huge. And you know, we went through this process, and and. You know, I was I was at a point where it was like, all right, you've you've kind of put in the work, you've had the success that this is a very real possibility. Um, I ended up being a unanimous All-American or consensus All-American that year. Um, won the John Mackey Award my senior year, which is the best tight end in the country. So I was like, all right, I'm I'm going to get drafted, barring you know some of the crazy things that we have seen. <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, I did not think that those were going to happen, but like we went through this process of um, sitting down with a couple different agents and saying like, all right, you know, how do you basically, how do you run your business, right? How, how are you going to be beneficial to this process for me? Um, and so kind of sat down and again, just like picking colleges, what are the pros and cons? You know, who do I trust? Who do, who do I think I trust? Who do I, you know, think I I don't trust the most? And I wouldn't say that that was, I feel like I'm a pretty trusting guy. Um, and so did that with agents, did that with a couple different financial advisors. Um, and then kind of go on to the process of, of training, training for the combine, training for pro day and all that stuff. And that's where my situation was a lot different. So everybody kind of sees sees where players that are in that position to get drafted have, have been sitting out in the last last years of their bowl games and uh you know i i feel like i i would never be able to do that but i broke my foot in the very last offensive play in overtime of, of our bowl game my senior year and so i didn't i didn't get to work out uh, at the combine. I went to the combine, but I didn't get to work out. I didn't get to work out at my pro day. So I felt like I, I was at a little bit of a disadvantage for that. And mentally, you know, I've, I've been, you know, Hey, you're up here. You're, you're good. You're riding high. And then all of a sudden, you know, critics start coming out and like in droves of, Hey, you know, he did this in college, but he's a part of this system. He, you know, he's, he's this, he's that. And, and you can't really, do any of the things that other guys are doing to prove that wrong. And as I've continued to learn over the years, which that bothered me a lot back then, but you know, you can only control what you can control. 
and you know let let other people that are making those decisions let them you know make the decision you just keep on keeping on yeah. um, that's that's a little line from joe dirt if you've seen that one yep <laughs> keep on keeping on life's a garden dig it uh but you know like you can you can only do so much and you know what at the end of the day sometimes it's good enough sometimes it's not and sometimes you know it's not good enough and you still get the opportunity or or vice versa sometimes you're better than the next person and they get the opportunity over you but sitting and sitting and complaining about it or or whatever is is not going to help you continue in the next thing or or continuing in that situation to still get to that spot yeah man you got to learn uh, that big life lesson on a big stage at an early age yeah uh, yeah yeah, it, and, it, and it was a, a huge blessing and, and something that I would tell guys now is just, I mean, make sure that, that, you, that you are able to, and this is hard as a young man, but to, to see and use that opportunity for what it is, right? It's not, you know, the lights and glamour and everything that, that media makes it up to be sometimes. Yeah. So Chase, you you get uh, snatched up in the third round, yes. and man, you're you're in, right? You check the box. You're going to the NFL. What yeah. I couldn't even imagine what those emotions would be like. Talk to us about talk to us about the actual selection and you mm -hmm. realizing you had a team pick you up in the third round. Yeah. So so again with kind of the injury thing and. Um, having the accolades that I did coming off my senior year, the, the draft that year was two days. So first and second round was on the first day. And then the rest of it was the next day. And so I really thought that I would have an opportunity to get drafted in the first two rounds and I didn't. Um, and so that, that next day, third round comes along, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm getting drafted today, but just where and when, and you know, the third round starts starts going by, I figured that I'd be kind of earlier in the third round, gets towards the end. And, and I get I'm, I get a call uh, by the Cincinnati Bengals and say, hey, we're taking you with this next pick. And like, you know, f finally, <laughs> this was, is this was the very, I was number 98. So the very last pick in the third round. And um, it was just kind of a, a relief. And, you know, I obviously knew who the Cincinnati Bengals were, but didn't really know, you know, okay, Cincinnati, Ohio, where in Ohio is Cincinnati? <laughs> I was not familiar with, with that area of the country very much at all. So kind of look it up, try to figure out coaching staff, you know, who all um, is on the team. Like what, what is, what can I find out that's familiar to me? Yeah. Uh, and then go from there. And then a couple of days later, get on a plane and, and go out there for a rookie mini camp and start that whole process. Yeah. <laughs> Was it uh, the whirlwind? I, I could only imagine. Was was it just night and day different than college, or was it just kind of this this evolution from mm -hmm. high school to college, and then just really going? I mean, it's it's the job now, right? It's, yeah, yeah, it is. It it is for me. It was night and day difference, and you know, part of that was because of um, the system, right? The the offense that we had in Columbia at Mizzou um, and then going to a team where they primarily use their tight end as a blocking tight end. We had, you know, two stud receivers and 
Chad Ochocinco and Chris Henry at the time, which, um, I mean, I think Chris was one of the best receivers, could have been one of the one of the better receivers that played in the NFL, and he ended up passing away that year, unfortunately. And then we had just a, a freak of a tailback in Cedric Benson, who, I mean, also recently passed away, but um, great guy, great tailback, and and Carson Palmer and a quarterback. So I'm thinking, you know, like, all right, they're wanting to implement a passing tight end, you know, get some pressure off of these these other studs, and um, and I was still kind of working off that injury and and getting back and and really learning for the first time how to put my hand in the dirt and block in line, um, get off the ball in line for the very first time against an NFL defense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so it, it was a pretty big, pretty big change for me and and a lot of learning. And um, something I, that I'll that I'll tell everybody is, you know, it's not just about like the work ethic and and the work that you put in. There is um, the understanding of technique is almost everything and then once you get that and and you see as guys get older in the nfl they understand it more so you know they may be losing a step but mentally they are way light years ahead of of the rest of the, the people yeah i mean I imagine a lot of people that haven't played a lot of ball just think i mean it's it's all about muscle and brawn and go out there just banging heads but <laughs> technique is real is it not yeah 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 and, I mean, shoot, guys, Chad Johnson, he's quick and I wouldn't say top-end speed, but probably the fastest speed that I've ever seen. And, you know, he, he I don't think he ever took a hard hit. Yeah. Um, I mean, you probably see some, some highlights where he got lit up, but uh, he knew how to adjust his body well to, you know, catch it and still get out of the way. Um, they're just thinking a step or two ahead, right? Yeah, yeah. And just the awareness level um, as you get higher and, and higher, um, you know, high, high school, playing other good high schools, college, um, you know, the better colleges you play. And then, of course, in the NFL, um, you know, everybody's pretty strong, pretty big, pretty fast. And, and it's, you know, the mental part, the technique. Um, and, and, of course, that goes – from the top down in organizations, you know, ownership, GM, coaches, um, strength staff, all kind of being on the same page and, and doing it right. So Chase, I'd like to shift gears a little bit and have you, so, you know, the focus of this podcast now is on relationships, you know, and the importance of building solid relationships. Um, talk to us a little bit about in the coaching staff and the coaching world, and I know you spent a little bit of time even on the coaching side, but I'd like for you to, to put on your player hat again and just talk about coaches that have had influenced you and how they influenced you. What was their approach that uh, really resonated with you? Yeah, so um, I've had a ton, ton of coaches in my life, and you know, there's bits and pieces that you can take from each and every one. Um, and I think my dad being, being one of, one of the best, um, but, but something that, that, uh, Bruce Walker, who was my tight ends coach at Missouri. I mean, he, great man taught us a ton of life lessons in that, in that tight end room, as well as, 
football, but you know, people people are gonna cheer you on and you know, the very next week or or even the next play, you know, cuss at you from the stands. <laughs> but but you gotta know kind of where where you stand and and keep that, you know, even middle ground instead of riding the highs and the lows because I mean that'll get you it, when you're high you're always going to get back get back down when you're low there's there's always the opportunity to come back up and that's something that's really stuck with me and um and the other thing is uh something that I was with Tampa Bay after Cincinnati and they signed Dallas Clark who's arguably a Hall of Fame tight end um, right towards the end of OTAs and you know, I've come home in between OTAs and training camp and I'm just thinking like, why am I even going, driving all the way from Kansas City back down to Tampa Bay to to get cut? And <laughs> my dad said, well, you know, and, and this is something I wasn't not going to, but he said, well, you know, if there's even a chance that you're going to make the team, are you going to go? Are you going to take that chance? And I'm like, yeah, yes, of course I'm taking that chance. Like, I'm not, I'm not just going to quit. Like, I've been, luckily again for my dad, been taught that from a, an, an early age, you know, don't quit. Um, there's some times where you're going to be pushed out. And, and I think sports is the biggest uh, place that you see that is where everybody gets pushed out at, at some level, whether it's just because they're not good enough or their heart's not in it anymore. And or sometimes it could even just be circumstance, right? I mean, yeah. just like you said, there's different schemes, different systems, and yeah. like some players fit into it, some don't. Even within organizations, you know, professional corporate uh, organizations, yeah. just because you don't fit doesn't mean you're not a good person. It, it, yeah. It's just not a fit. Yeah, yeah, or, or a failure. And, and I've, I've also realized that as I've uh, transitioned from, from sports to business is that you know every, everyone is not a fit to work with um and there's a lot of things that you know i can't control but but i'm continuing to find my lane in that and kind of who is who is a better better fit and the best fit and kind of how to find that it's a it's an awesome segue because i was going to ask you you know culture and we talk about culture so much. We definitely hear about it in sports, the importance of culture. I'm a baseball junkie. We were chatting about baseball. Yeah. Big time Royals fan. I love what they were able to do through the, you know, the, the early 2010s, put a team together, 14, 15. Maybe weren't arguably the, the most talented team, you know, especially in 14. They were just really kind of coming together, but man, they could count on each other. And they really had that powerful culture. I'd like for you to talk to us a little bit about the power of culture and how it's similar or different between uh, being on a professional team as, as well as uh, in, the, in the corporate environment. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, so for me in the, in the corporate environment, it's, well, I, I think culture is, is almost everything. It's almost like this, you know, the, it's just 80%, you know, what college or school is 80% of showing up or, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, to just, to just show up and be prepared to, to do whatever the task is, right. That shows your, your team, um, sports or corporate that, that you are, you are ready. And then obviously the rest of it comes with, uh, doing the task at hand and following through on that. 
And so, you know, once, once you do that, you continue to do it, you continue to do it, you continue to do it, you start building that trust. And that's when, you know, you, you have really created this, this culture of you've got a lot of good apples and, and sometimes, you know, with, with that culture, um, as you've seen the Patriots do over and over and over, they can, they can bring a bad apple in and because they've built that culture, right. The rest, the rest of the good, they say, Hey, look, come on, you know, buy into to this, what we are doing. And if not, you know, we're, we're going to have to kick you back out because it's not a fit, but if you do, you can be a part of something very special. Right. And if, and if it's just a, a one year stop for you here, here in new England, right. You know, you, you have the chance to win a super bowl and make a lot of money on the next contract. Um, you know, and maybe that next contract, I mean, they, they, they use those guys, they use them. And maybe that next contract is a place where they continue to just let them do what's gotten them that bad reputation, that bad apple reputation in the first place. But they've had an opportunity to do something special and be part of a good culture. Um, And, and that's where I think in business, it, it can be a little bit different because it is a lot longer term. It's, it's, you're not on one year contracts, right? (laughs) Necessarily. Yeah. Or I mean, week to week, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It it is in the NFL. Yes, sir. You sign a one year contract, but let's be honest, it's week to week. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) what have you done for me lately? And I've seen people get brought in and cut in the same week. So uh, they still get paid for that week, but they, they didn't even make it to the game. And in, in business, it's usually a little bit different. And you really have the opportunity to change lives uh, with, a, with a culture. I mean, um, I'm a Christian and I believe, you know, the sins, the sins of, of the father go down through the generations. And I mean, we have seen that in our culture now more than more than any time just because of the things that are that are bringing that to light um and and to be able to change that for one person right that i mean that changes a whole generation of their family tree and down and down and down and um the opportunity for for me as a son and and now a father to build on what what my father has done on the on the choices that he's made is i mean it's it's everything yeah i mean the yeah the 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 power of influence the power of and even perspective you know of who we are and and what uh we're on Mm -hmm. this this earth to to do chase i'd like for you to talk a little bit about uh the next chapter i mean kind of turning the page i know you've been out of the nfl a couple years now and uh you're with bmg advisors one of our mutually uh great friends, Mr. Adam Holly. Yeah. Uh, and man, you, you guys, your team is uh, changing lives in multiple ways. I'd like for you to just kind of update us a little bit on what you're doing and, and what that, what that means to you. What's, what, what are you going to be doing going forward? Yeah. Um, so after football, I really didn't know what I, what I liked, what I wanted to do and um, had, have a, have a mentor that was, that was, I, I was interested in financial advising and, and this guy was not really for advisors. He managed his own money and he said, well, you know what, like while you're figuring it out, don't just jump into financial advising. Why don't you start 
start by taking over and managing your own money. Um, and then if you like that, you know, we can, you can make that decision from there. And so as I started learning more and more and more, realized that, you know, earlier in this conversation, we talked about how that process was of uh, going from college to the NFL and sitting down with an agent, sitting down with an advisor for me, a financial advisor. And at that age, like you really don't have much life experience. You don't have much business experience. You don't have much money experience and you really have to rely and trust on the people around you, whether, I mean, that's family or this advisor that you choose or uh, the agent and the people that he surrounds you with as far as advisors or attorneys or whatever it is. And um, for me, as I started looking into my finances, my wife and I's finances more, um, realized that the advisor that I had sat down and chose wasn't doing some of the best things for us. And with, with that thought, thought process in mind of already, you know, maybe financial advising is the thing, wanting to learn more about money as, okay, this is, this is the path that I want to take. All right. If I, if I, who I feel like I've had a great upbringing, two solid parents that love me and have given me opportunity, um, got a college degree in three and a half years so that I could go work out, which didn't end up working out <laughs> uh, for the, for the NFL combine and stuff. Uh, if, if that stuff could, could happen to me and I felt like I was pretty smart with my money, um, then how many other, how many other guys that are in this situation or just, you know, people that, that have never been in sports, you know, how, how are they going to fare? And, you know, it's only, only the environment that you grow up in that kind of leads you on that trajectory. And, uh, so sat down with a couple of different groups and Adam Holly was, was one of those guys that, that I really felt like I, like I meshed with, that I, that I gelled with. And I came into a few different groups offices, kind of sat around for a couple of days and saw how they went about their day to day and how their offices ran. And Adam is somebody that I connected with well, and I feel like he's got um, a heart for others. And um, one of BMG's mottos is do good by doing good. And, that's something that, that also aligns with, with my faith. Um, you know, you're doing good for other people and you're going to keep, keep doing those things and controlling the things that you can control. And you know what, if it comes back around, awesome, but that's not where I want my heart to be. And I don't think that that's where our group, um, as a whole, our, our hearts are in it to, to really be, be business successful. Um, and, you know, ultimately that's the reason I chose this. I started off in a, uh, a role where I was kind of just out and about in the community while relationship manager, while I was taking my tests and getting licensed some of last year. And then after I passed those tests and became a licensed financial advisor, um, continued to, you know, network, continued to try to find opportunity and, really taken on more of a role of sitting down and learning in, in the client meetings, taking notes and learning how to ask the right questions. And I feel like I have gone in spurts of like really good questions and then like nothing is coming to my mind. <laughs> uh, and, and I think, I mean, I think that's how it is for everybody. And it's kind of like 
going back to my coach, Bruce Walker in college is, you know, you have these highs, the, the ups and the downs, but you just got to stay even keel and stay in the middle and keep, keep being consistent. And there's this book that my brother got me on a while back before I got into this. It's called The Slight Edge. And it, it just talks about how small things every day consistently is what is going to lead you to success. And that doesn't happen quickly. Yeah. Um, and one of, one of the, the things in there that it relates it to is compound interest, which, I mean, really relates to financial advising. <laughs> but, you know, you're not going to see the gains of that, you know, in, in a year, even, even 10 years and even 20 years, but you know, year 30 comes around, you know, when you're, when you've done it consistently over time and other people may have not, and it's, you know, huge jumps and you are wildly successful because you have stuck at it and you've done the small things every day consistently. And, and whatever that, whatever that time period is, whether it's every day or, you know, once a week or, or whatever. And that, that, I think that happens in everything in life. I mean, diet and your exercise and, um, it's family. not the one big thing. It's the hundred oh. or the thousand or the 10,000 little things over time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and creating that habit, right? Like, and you're, you will see the consequences of, of your actions, your habits, and those can be really good or, or really bad, or, you know, maybe just, somewhere in the middle yeah and and it's i mean it's got to fit your your goals and your priorities and for me i try to make my priorities god marriage children and then work and so uh i'm not perfect in that and i don't think anybody is but continuing <laughs> to try to control the things that'll get me better at it Absolutely, man. We're, we're all a work in progress. At least I know that I am, but it's, uh, it's about having perspective, having priorities. And man, I love, uh, love where yours are. Chase, one last question before we let you go. Uh, I want to ask you to reflect back and uh, I want you to speak to, let's say your 18 year old self, mm -hmm. your 18 year old self coming out of high school. What kind of advice would you give to young Chase? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I would just I would tell myself that that same thing, just have, have faith in, in the little things that you are, that you can control and don't get so upset by, uh, what other people say. Don't, don't look into what other people say. And I, and I feel like I had a pretty good surrounding of, of parents, coaches, um, people good friends and teammates around me, but I, I had quite a bit of success in, from, from the get go in college. And so I really think that would have helped me um, from that, that point where I broke my foot and was not able to train like I thought um, in college and, and through the NFL. And I felt like I got that um, my, my fourth year, my fourth year in the NFL. I felt like I, like I got a, pretty good grip of, you know what, like, God, I'm, a, I'm, if, if you want me to be on practice squad, if you want to, you know, let me continue to keep getting cut, like I'm getting cut, <laughs> then, then, I, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep working hard for, to glorify you and, and not for my own, well, not for my own well-being, not for my own, um, 
glory, but but for your glory, because you know what, if if football is not for me, I know that you have something else, and that's that's something that I've taken into this this financial advising role, is that you know what, like I had a an awesome career and an awesome head start and got to play in eight seasons in the NFL, which, you know, as a little kid, that's everybody's dream. And, you know, how, how cool is that? But, uh, and then, then you look at other guys and it's like, golly, how are they getting paid these contracts? And, you know, this is life, life changing money or they're never going to have to work again. And I was smart with my money, um, you know, luckily and, and able to, create a buffer and and still a, a great head start for my family but i don't know that i would be in this if if i had got that big contract and i just believe that that god will will bless my motives and my heart in this and the work that i've put in and just continue to do the things that i can control and and that he will open and close those doors going forward so uh, it's it's a process and it's a lifelong process yeah that's awesome, man. That's great advice and, and great perspective. Chase, thank, uh, thank you so much for your time. And uh, man, continued success in the, the next chapter as you continue on with BMG Advisors. And uh, I'm already looking forward to the next time uh, we meet for coffee. Likewise, Mark. I appreciate you for having me on. And uh, you have a great rest of your day, my friend. You too, buddy. Partnernomics Podcast is brought to you by Partnernomics. Learn how to leverage the power of partnership. To listen to more episodes of Partnernomics Podcast, visit Partnernomics.com.